step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. If it's smooth jazz, then the Jazz Queen is talking about it on Talking Smooth Jazz. Your place for all things smooth. With the smoothest show on the internet radio, your host, the Jazz Queen. Hello and welcome to Talking Smooth Jazz. My name is Terry, a.k.a. the Jazz Queen. It is Saturday, February 10th. 2018. Thank you so much for tuning in. Joe from Germany and Ollie J have popped into the chat room. Welcome, guys. Good to see you as always. If you would like to join us in the chat room, please go to talkingsmoothjazz.com. Scroll down to the interview section and click on the Paradise picture. That is BK's new single. You click on that. That will bring you into the show page and into the chat room. The phone number is 646-716-5485. 646-716-5485. If you want to call in with a question or a comment today, Mr. BK Jackson. The first time I interviewed BK was July 2009. He was only 16 years old still in high school, and we talked to him about his Soothing Sounds CD. Today, we'll talk about his upcoming release, Life of the Party, and this one is scheduled for release sometime this spring, summer, but I do have the first single that you were here today called Paradise. BK, welcome back. Hey, thank you. How you doing, Terry? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I am so happy that this CD is finally here. I've been waiting for it. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm so happy. And the new single, Paradise, is so good. Oh, it's so good. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Very Thank good. You. Very yeah, it's, good. Definitely, it's definitely been a, a long time coming. But, you know, I, I, as an artist, you know, you, you kind of get a, I don't know, I wouldn't say necessarily a, you kind of want to take your time because you want to present, you know, the best product. Uh, mm-hmm. But, you know, I was I was waiting to to have some some key pieces in place uh, before I was really ready to uh, to kind of present what that sound was, and okay. so you know God just kind of started bringing people into place left and right, and uh, and and that's that's how we come up with the product that we get. But I'm, I'm trust me, I'm equally as eager to release this album as as the listeners are ready to hear it. All right. Well, as I said, the new single Paradise is very good. Um, so if that is in the indication of what life of the party is like, um, I said you have a good, good uh, release on your hands here. Um, how is everybody doing? How is Miss Regina? Man, my mom's doing well. She's definitely uh, always been the backbone of my uh, my career. Yeah. 
And yeah. so, you know, I'm definitely thankful for her, for her and my, my pops, um, for the foundation that they, you know, laid and instilled upon me, um, both supporting me financially and um, supporting, you know, my career, you know, emotionally, um, and just being great parents and, uh, and kind of, you know, allowing me to, uh, to take this road in the music industry, but uh, it's it's definitely been a journey for us all. Um, she's doing well. My little sister is doing well. Uh, she's um, gearing up for a promotion at the end of the month uh, at her job. So you know, life is doing well. You know, I, I really can't complain. You know, I often think about um, that 2009 interview with you um, at the request of Willie Lawson, um, and yeah. just you know, how young you were and how impressed I was of you to have uh, music, have released a music, a CD, that CD, um, Soothing Souls, Soothing Sounds at such a young age, but you didn't play like a 16-year-old. You played more like a seasoned sax- saxophonist. And um, so, and I remember, I so remember how Mr. Gina was like, uh, yeah, he can do the music, but he has to finish school first. <laughs> I'll never forget Yeah, that. that was, oh man, that was, that, I mean, that wasn't just the interview. That was my life. <laughs> you know, she's always, you know, she's, that was, that, that was very authentic mom <laughs> yeah. right there. So she, she's definitely been, um, you know, a, a very heavy, hard, strong push uh, for education, um, even from the mm-hmm. time that, you know, me and my sister were, you know, able to, to really understand, you know, what what that meant and what that entailed. And, uh, you know, she's definitely seen us through the whole process. Well, what does she think about your career and the music business now? Um, you know, I think uh, I remember when I got the call for Prince back in 2012 to go out on the road with Prince, I was, I was moving out of my apartment and, um, you know, I went up there for a week. School hadn't started yet. Uh, so we go out pretty much a week of slash audition slash rehearsals. Um, and we made it through that week. We get back home. So I'm back in Tallahassee uh, in, my, in my new apartment at this point. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm kind of getting settled in. And I called her and said, hey, uh, Prince wants us to come back out. He wants us to rehearse. I don't know how long he's supposed to be doing these shows in, um, in Chicago. And, you know, I don't know when the shows are going to be. I don't know how much I'm getting paid. I don't know how long mm-hmm. I have to be in rehearsal for, you know, I, and I don't know what this means for college. I, I remember having this conversation with her. And uh, she she was like, Prince will always be there. And you need to finish your degree and you don't need to go. Um, and I think, you know, that was kind of one of those instances where, you know, if a kid is ever going to be hard-headed, Make sure mm. you got a chance at playing for one of the greatest artists <laughs> in the in the industry. Um, but you know, I was like, "Well, I love you, mom, but you know, I'm gonna go quick." <laughs> so I hung up real fast. <laughs> so she calls back, and uh, and she's like, "Did you hang up on me?" No, mom, we lost this. Got got disconnected. I don't know what happened. Uh, what'd you say? I said, um, "I love you, mom, and I'm gonna go on the flight tomorrow." To uh, to play the Prince and uh, you know so it was um, I think at that point you know she uh, she respected me and respected my decision and I told her mm-hmm. look I'm going to finish school um, I'm I'm going to get that done you know I promise you I'll go back you know this is not me dropping out this is not me you know putting it on the back burner this is not me saying you know, this is not 
something that means as much to me as it means to you, you know, but this is also an opportunity that comes once in a lifetime. And if I don't take this, I will never, I'll probably yeah. never have this opportunity again. Yeah. Um, and for that, for that much, I was, I was definitely right on so many levels. Um, but after that first check came in, I think she, uh, she felt a little bit more at ease. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll say that to say the least. Uh, not to mention, obviously, you know, the shows and tours to follow for the next three years. So yeah. um, I, I, I think we uh, we made out pretty well. She's very supportive um, of everything that I, I've wanted to do. Um, so, you know, I definitely I definitely love her for her patience and, um, and her guidance and advice as well on how to maneuver in and out of situations. Did she ever attend any of the Prince concerts? Unfortunately, you know, she wasn't she wasn't able to. Um, the way we got the phone calls were, you know, like we know a Prince. So if today's Saturday, you know, we might get work now that there's a Prince concert on Wednesday, and then we wouldn't know how many tickets we you know we were going to have. And this is a, a long notice. You know, sometimes it was, you know, we catch a flights tomorrow, Prince just booked a show, you know, in such in LA or you know what I mean? So it was it was such a last call. Um and my dad was severely ill at the time that it was very difficult to kind of make that move. But we did a, a five hour tribute to Prince, um, about I think what, two thousand and sixteen in October. Um, it was it was star studied. I mean, we had Shaka Khan, we had Luke James, we had um the lead singer from at the time, the um was I think the Pussycat Dolls, the um, then we had uh, I think Jesse J, we had Stevie Wonder. I mean the list was just ridiculous um, as far as the amount of stars. It was five hours um, in the mm-hmm. arena in Minneapolis, and she was able to attend that. So okay. you know it was um, you know at least she got a chance to see that. But unfortunately, uh, outside of the performances that we did on television. You know, she was never actually there to kind of see it. And I really wish that, uh, you know, I was able to take that extra effort to kind of get her there to see that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's awesome. That's awesome to to follow your career from age 16 to now um, and playing with Prince and, yeah. and touring with Trombone Shorty and doing what you're doing now. It's awesome. Yeah. I'm glad I had the opportunity. I am so grateful that Willie Lawson contacted me back then and introduced me to you. Um, so I'm no, grateful for Willie's that. Willie's the man. Yeah, uh, he's yeah. definitely the man. I saw him not too long ago. I want to say uh, I was hosting the Black Heritage Festival in uh, in Tampa, and I had a radio uh, a press run that they had me on. Um, and uh, I think the headliner for that was Norman Brown. And as I'm walking into the radio station, I saw him, which is ironic because I went to uh, to the music store where I used to take lessons at and asked for him, and I just missed him by, like, a couple of hours. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it was, it was uh, it comes full circle. He's definitely, uh, you know, probably one of the, the peers as far as, you know, teaching me, you know, principles of saxophone, um, mm-hmm. how to approach cover tunes. I would, early on, I would take my cover tunes to my sax lessons, and he's like, look, you're not, you're not a thing, you're not, you can't do some of the inflections, so you have to find ways on the saxophone to convey those same emotions, to convey, um, you know, the same nuances of a vocalist, even though you're on the horn. And uh, mm. that mindset, it just pointing me into the right direction early on is, is a big testament as to the player that I am today, for sure. Mm. All right. All right. I have a phone call. Um, area Coast 270. Yeah. Welcome to Talking Smooth Jazz. Hi. Can Hi. You hear me? What's your name? Yes. What's your name? My name is 
my name is Amita Coburn. I'm calling from Nashville. Okay. Okay, how are you? Meet up. Hey. <laughs> Do you guys know um, each other? Well, I he's a he's a uh, new friend on my Facebook. I I support okay. a lot of the new power generation folks. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> support. We trust me. We appreciate it. Uh, it is it is my pleasure. My question is, what is the biggest lesson that Prince ever taught you? Um, I would say, I don't know if there's one biggest lesson. I would say these are probably the top two or three things that I took away from my time with Prince. Um, Number one, how to approach music. Space is your friend. Everybody has a place in a pocket. Um, And that, you know, a lot of times, a lot of musicians get together and they'll play a song. They think it's, they think it's like amazing, you know, and Mm -hmm. it's just, you know, it's, it's a lot. Everybody's, you can have a, you know, star studded, bass player, star studded drummer, star studded keyboard player, star studded, you know, guitar player, an amazing vocalist, but the song doesn't sound good. It's not grooving. And uh, mm-hmm. the, we know it's grooving is when you can't stay still. And it's just like, it's, you just can't help but move. That's when you know something's grooving versus mm-hmm. when something just sounds good. And they might very well sound good, but if, if everybody doesn't have their place in the pocket, if the bass, you know, isn't, isn't, staying consistent, the drummer isn't staying consistent, we call that a pocket. Um, if, if everybody's not in the pocket and committed to their part in that groove with no extra stuff, then it, you're really taken away from from allowing the song to breathe and to, and to kind of pre- present its, its, uh, its true height of, you know, e- emotional state for the, for the listener. Um, so yeah. that was that was the number one thing I learned from him: how to play my part within the pocket, how to build a groove, how to you know establish you know pretty much an optimal experience for the listener. And that was one of the things that Prince was really good at. When you listen to Prince, you're like, why does it sound like this? Why why am I moving? Why do I love this so much? You know, all the hits. Why do they why do they hit so much? And he hasn't even sung a song yet. He hasn't sung a <laughs> note yet. It's because he built those grooves and I watched them from the studio. I watched them from behind the mixing board in live rehearsals. You know, I've watched them build grooves on stage. I watched them take hit songs by other people and make them sound even better than the original record. And it's because yeah. that sense of groove, which ultimately goes down to musician discipline. Um, and that's what I, what I definitely learned the most from that end. Um, the other thing I watched Prince very closely, a lot of lessons that I learned weren't necessarily verbal lessons. When I got into the camp, I, I, was, I knew that I wouldn't be there forever. I knew that I had a small window to grasp as much knowledge as possible. So a lot of times I would just sit and watch how, what is his mannerisms in rehearsal versus what is his mannerisms on stage. Why did we play this song? Versus, you know, that song. How did he build the set list? He read the audience. Why did he change the set list? Um, you know, just different things. Why did we play Purple Rain tonight versus last night? You know, what what were the high moments? What were the low moments? How did he build this show? And how did he construct it? And I learned how, how pretty much how to do that and how to carry yourself as a professional, even at that level. One thing about mm-hmm. Prince is, like, Prince was consistent throughout his entire career. Um, you know, the same Prince you got... You know, back in um, 
and was it 78 is the same prince, you know, you got, you know, up until, you know, his, his untimely death. So the thing about him, it was definitely consistent in branding. Um, that was one of the main things that, um, that I learned off the stage from Prince. And there would be conversations that would allude to certain things um, that he would kind of dig into. But as an artist, what I grabbed from him the most uh, musically and off the stage were those two things respectfully. Thank you. Mm, That's awesome. That was a great teaching ground for you. Great teaching environment. Oh yeah, no, for Mm -hmm. sure. Definitely a sponge. If you're around that much knowledge and you don't take advantage of it, you know, something's wrong with you, yeah. <laughs> for sure. Yeah, definitely. To this wow. Day, to this day, uh, Prince is the reason why it took so long to get this album out. And I mean that <laughs> I in a good it. way. Yeah, no, you I know, understand. You know, you, you, you grow, you learn, mm-hmm. you know, you I like develop. I right here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you right develop here. so much that uh, you can't settle. Yeah. Yeah, because, well, well, I know that you and Marcus Anderson and, uh, Adrian uh, Crutchfield. Adrian, yeah. yeah. You guys opened up me to actually enjoying sax. Oh, I thank did, you. I, I mean, I've I've listened to it, but it wasn't until I started listening to you three guys that I was like, oh, thank you. Love good sax music. And, <laughs> well, we appreciate it for sure. And what I and what I've found is that. I enjoy music more when there's no lyrics, when it's just oh, played. Man. Well, I, I tell you, dude, we're, we're definitely laying down the groove. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And I just want to say thanks for, you know, because because you guys open other people up just just, just like myself. Yeah. Thank yeah. Yeah, Thank you for awesome. that. It, it definitely does the heart warm to hear that, for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thank you. <laughs> well, thank, thank you, Miss Anita, for the phone call. I appreciate it. Oh, thank you. <laughs> All right. You have a good day. All right. So we're going to get into this single called Paradise. But first, yeah. BK, let's talk yeah. a little bit about this upcoming CD, Life of the Party. Tell me about it. Okay. Oh, man. So I think... Uh, I spent a lot of time on my high school career performing out. I really didn't get a chance to kind of enjoy it. Like, I missed my prom. I missed so much of, you know, a couple of homecomings just because I was gigging and working so much. And when I got to college, my mom kind of allowed me, you know, to really to, to enjoy, you know, where I was in life as a young adult, you know, figuring things out. And, uh, you know, I became, you know, pretty much the life of the party in, in almost every situation. I've always had the personality. Um, you know, just figuring out, you know, different ways of how I like to party, how I like to get down, type of music I like to listen to. Um, and I wanted to bring that pretty much just goes back to my early days in college um, of just having fun, you know, innocent fun, just enjoying, you know, uh, friendships and, you know, relationships with people like people, you know, that come together for education, but ultimately, you know, to grow up and become adults and, and figure out their way through life. Um, so that's what this album is, is really about. Uh, it, it really it allowed me, you know, I, I started with a, a particular sound and I start, had a, numerous producers on this record um, to kind of get to the sound that I wanted. You know, what I was looking for, I didn't know exactly how to articulate it verbally. I just knew what I felt it. When I felt it, that was it. Uh, one of the first records uh, that we worked on 
for this record uh, was a song called, it's the title track actually, um, it's called Life of the Party, and um, it's more Timberland-esque based. Um, so this album, you know, I went to some of my favorite producers, I went on that, and I was like, what makes this record hit? What makes this, uh, what makes this song do well? And at the time, one of my favorite albums out at that particular moment was the Justin Timberlake 2020 album. And he had so much music going on in it, um, but I'm a big fan of Timberland as a producer. So I wanted to, to really dig into uh, to those moments, and I wanted to add to my overall performance as like, an artist on stage. And what I was missing were some of those kind of hype moments where people can just, look, we're just going to let the groove ride out. This feels good. Let's jam. Let's groove. And mm-hmm. um, I saw where the jazz industry as a whole was headed, mm-hmm. and it just wasn't a place that I felt was fit for me as a young adult, um, sonically. And I said, you know what? What if I could bridge the gap? What if I could bring in some of the current sounds and some of the, the nuances of, of the music that you know my generation likes as well? But what if we could still keep those key elements that makes these old school records sing today um, and, and give the same emotions um, today that they did when they first came out? And that's what this hybrid is. So me being the life of the party is essentially bridging the gap between generations to dig into music and enjoy a good time. Just like I did oh. in college. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. And then, uh, so I'm going to play Paradise. This is the first single. Tell me about this song. All right. So this song is actually a song that was, um, the track was originally done by a good friend of mine. Um, his name is Anthony Amaro. And um, we rode the bus together from sixth grade to 10th grade, lived in my neighborhood right around the corner. I was on Instagram, and he was working on this on this particular song. And I heard it. And I immediately called him, hey, who's this for? Is it available? <laughs> I would love to put this song on my album. Mm-hmm. So I, he says, hey, it was really for, you know, an EP that I was working on. But if you want it, you know, let's work something out. So we worked something out. He allowed me to uh, to get the track from him. So I was excited about that. Um, I took it to the producer for the album, um, who uh, took a collective called The Ethnic Kids. Um, it's a guy named uh, Jay Cruz and another guy named Kells, and they're both located in Tallahassee, Florida, um, who's a good friend of mine um, as well that I knew. And I just started, you know, okay, cool, let's take this. How can we come up with this? I've got a melody. This works. I was having a hard time with the chorus, just literally just sitting on the record and just wasn't able to really bring it together. Um, but there was just this sound that he had in there, which was what's his vocal singing. I said, you know what? Why am I trying to change this? This is great. Let's keep this hug. Let's add the verses. Um, I said, but I really want to go to a more, you know, subtle breakdown section for the bridge. Um, and uh, I was listening to like Drake at the time. And um, there was a song like uh, that Drake had. I can't remember which one it was. It's just absent. Um, absent just left me right now. But it was a Drake song. And I said, you know what? This is great. I like how it breaks down and subtle. This will be a really good time, even though the song is what we call Trap House. Um, you know, more more of your songs like Rihanna Work, um, you know, Drake One Dance, like those type songs that were um, you know, great big hits. 
Um, but I wanted to break it down, keep it subtle. Let's bring these chords back in. Let's bring in these pads. You know, let's let's give this element back from the smooth jazz world, you know, back into this song so that there is a breath of, of, uh, of refreshing there. And then let's bring it back to the trap house and uh, let's close out the song with a great sax solo. And then you have a song called Paradise off my album, Life of the Party. All right, here it is. <laughs> I love that song. That is Paradise from <laughs> B.P. Jackson's upcoming CD, Life yeah. of the Party. Oh, that is so good. Yeah. <laughs> Thank so, you. Yeah. So, Ollie in the chat room says, his cover of Mazes Before I Let Go is one of my all-time favorites. If you haven't heard it, you are in for a treat. I have not heard that, so I need to look for that. <laughs> Oh, yeah, so that's off my first album, On The Move. Um, I want to say it might be oh, either number two or number three on the album, um, okay. if I'm not mistaken. And what's crazy about that particular song is that um, the first time I ever heard it was actually in a Tyler Perry play. 
Um, mm-hmm. And you know, I was listening to. Uh, I think they were going through. You know, I got a, I got a hit. I got a hit. I got a hit. I got a hit. And um, mm-hmm. the preacher comes in, and uh, obviously, if you know anything about it, it's it's an all black cast usually, and, and these Tyler Tyler Perry, uh, the, the actual um, the theater play, stage plays, and so in there is this uh, this white preacher. And um, everybody's going through these old school hits, and then he finally steps up and say, "Hey guys, you know I got a hit <laughs> that I want to sing." And everybody's looking at him like, "What hit are you about to sing?" Because they, I mean, they were going through all the soul classics, and so the music starts, and he breaks out into Frankie Beverly um, before I let go. And when I heard mm-hmm. that song, I immediately fell in love with it. I go do my research, find out who it is. I listen to the original, man. You got to love Maze. I mean, the hits are ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and, and to this day, one, one of the best party concerts I've ever been to in my life. And I call it that because the man can still go. He's got the hits mm-hmm. to facilitate, you know, a full-fledged party, man. It's like a family reunion at a, at a Frankie Beverly concert. Yeah. Um, but uh, but I heard the song and I said, you know what? I really want to um, approach this one. For the album, and then we recorded it um, with Alan Sams, who was the producer for that project. All right. Yeah. All right. Um, Joe from Germany says about Paradise, that's hot. I agree with you there, Thank Joe. Thank you so much. For sure. <laughs> so now, are there any vocals on this new CD? Oh, man, I've, I've got a couple of vocals on this new CD. Um, I've got a, a love song, a love ballad that I was able to uh, to write with a good friend of mine, Sherwood Brown, um, who uh, is here in Atlanta, amazing vocalist. I met him in college at Florida and in University. Um, he's he's on there. He's, he wrote that song, and he wrote another song called um, – uh, radio, uh, which is featuring an amazing vocalist. Her name's Kendra Chantel. She's out in Nashville. Um, she was an American final, uh, American Idol finalist. Um, mm-hmm. and she is a literally songbird. I've never heard anybody so powerful come out of you know somebody so so you know skinny in my life. And she's just her voice is huge, and she has so much soul. And you wouldn't recognize it from looking at her. But she's just definitely a dog. It was great to work with her. And then I also have a guy by the name of uh, Josh Cruz, who's a pop artist um, out of Tampa. And the first song on the record um, is called Light Up the Sky. And it features him on that song. So we definitely, um, obviously, you know, life of the party is there, but the elements of the party obviously are, you know, those things that people can sing to and kind of dig in and enjoy. So I, I did think it was important for me to include that element um, of, you know, a DJ set list into this album. And I was, mm-hmm. I was actually, I'm very excited about how we were able to put those uh, three particular songs together for sure. Okay. All right. Cool. Now, uh, BK, have you ever thought about redoing soothing sounds? Um, the so the first I never really thought about it uh, because I know so on that particular I think it was like a four cut um, and I want to say uh, one of the songs was still in sexy. Um, mm-hmm. Which was a remake that we had, and kind of like the original version that I that I originally did and produced that like when I was in seventh grade. That song we wound up putting on on the album, um, on the uh, on the on the Move album, and then mm-hmm. what a friend 
which was obviously, you know, a Baptist hymn uh, that I still play today. Uh, that record was produced by Chris Spencer, a good friend of mine. But he, uh, when we did that song, you know, it, it literally still plays as is today. I haven't really touched it um, since then. Um, but, I mean, you're definitely giving me a thought. It might be, you know, fun to kind of revisit, you know, some of those things. But definitely What a Friend could possibly be on an upcoming um, gospel project that I, I really want to get out and work on. So uh, maybe not necessarily the project itself as another remake of that album, but I have approached those songs um, and, and, and looked at to recycle them on, on future projects and past projects as well. Okay. Now, um, in reading your bio, um, it, it has a list of numerous artists that you have opened for, one being Wayman Tisdale. Tell me about that show. Yeah. Oh, man. I want to say that was back in 2007, if I'm not mistaken. It was at the Black Heritage Festival, um, and Wayman was the headliner. I have seen Wayman numerous times and was a huge fan of Wayman Tisdale. I loved his bass sounds. It seemed like every cover tune that he ever picked was, was literally struck gold from Ain't No Stopping Us Now uh, to Get Down On It, you know, those hits. And he really introduced me to those records at the time. You know, I was 11, 12, 13, 14. And, you know, I didn't know that they were necessarily cover tunes. I just thought they were Wayman Tisdale songs. <laughs> and so, mm-hmm. you know, he introduced me to some of those great um, great old school bands of the 70s um, and, and 80s for sure. Um, so, you know, I got a chance um, to to play that festival. I got a chance to meet him afterwards. And I've never met somebody with a more, you know, with a warmer personality. I mean, he's got an infectious smile. Um, and, you know, obviously big guy, but such a gentle giant with a big heart. And you get that from him. You know, people exude vibes and energy. And, um, you know, he's one of those people that just breathes positivity. And uh, it was such a shame, you know, to, uh, you know, that we had to lose him. But, you know, rest in peace to him and being in a better place for sure. Uh, but, you know, his he, he was definitely a hit um, to the to the smooth jazz world for sure, man. He's yeah. the gem. I, I love me some Wayman Tisdale. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, where, where were you when you heard of Prince uh, passing? Oh, uh, man. I was actually on my way to do a show at um, for – it was a after party um, around the Seabreeze Jazz Festival. Um, we were doing it at – I can't remember the name of the restaurant, um, but I was, it was me and Adrian Crutchfield that were doing this show. So I'm on the way. I get a text message from, you know, one of the administrators that used to work around us, and it, it literally said – Tell me it's not true. That's what the text read. And immediately I knew, I think Prince just passed. I hadn't, I hadn't looked mm-hmm. at anything. I was driving from New Orleans to um, to Panama City. And, you know, then, you know, I just kind of Googled. Uh, you really have to Google anything. Just pull up the mm-hmm. browser or any of those. And it was definitely a headline right there. And that's when I find out. You know, I called Marcus, I called Adrian, we were on three-way together. Um, my inbox for all my social media sites were literally, my phone starts ringing off the hook. It was ridiculous. Everybody wanted clothes. Everybody wanted, um, you know, wanted something. And I was, you know, I was really numb to it. I did, but I didn't really, I didn't really get a chance to, to dig into it, you know, emotionally, you know, like I need to, that you need to when, when you lose somebody that's close to you like that. Um, so I was definitely distracted, which to me, I think helped, 
Um, we did this show that night. Um, I guess I was just numb. I just didn't really believe it. Um, I just felt like at some point in time, you know, hey, we're just playing, you know, ha ha. Um, yeah. And, and as, at, at that moment, I would have taken the joke. I would have definitely taken the joke. You know, I would. I would have mm-hmm. much rather it been a joke. Um, yeah. So, uh, but at least I got to be with Marcus and Adrian, and that was the first time we had been together, the three of us in the same place since we were last with Prince all together. <laughs> so, it it's weird how that worked. Um, but but that's definitely uh, if you if you got to go through something like that, it's nice to go through it with people that you experience those memories with as yeah, well I um, agree. we were able to kind of you know cope, cope each other uh so you know that that's kind of how that was and i was listening to the steve harvey morning show on my way back to uh new orleans um and i, I vividly remember uh he had his wife on the line and you know they were going through what their favorite song was which was a door and the show's about to end and they're playing a door and towards the end of a door, it literally perfectly segued into the guitar solo on Purple Rain. And for the rest of the three-hour travel time that I had, it was not a dry eye in the car. Like, it was just me just sobbing like a little girl. It was, you know, it was, it was, it was rough. You know, I mean, at, at that point, I had a day's worth of, of buildup in me. And just that moment was just so powerful on the show yeah. that, uh, it, you know, I couldn't really contain it anymore. You know, you... uh you miss that guy a lot. Yeah. A lot. Especially you know, performing and being around here for three years. Yeah. Learning about him yeah. and all that. Yeah. I understand. I remember yeah, seeing a know, picture of. Um, yeah. Yeah. I remember seeing a picture of Marcus on stage. I, I want to say mm-hmm. he was at Seabreeze. I'm not 100% sure, but I want to say he was performing at Seabreeze. Um, mm-hmm. And. There was a picture of him. Somebody took a picture of him on stage crying. And uh, yeah. you know, my heart just went out, just went out to him. So, wow. Wow. All right. Yeah, um, Ollie, was... wants to, Ollie wants to know if there are any uh, covers on the new CD. I do have a cover on the new CD. Um, and I'm really excited about it. It's one of my favorite songs. Um, and it's Ed Sheeran's Shape of You is the uh, the only cover that we did on this particular album. It's one of my okay. favorites, and I, I had to get to it. I had to get to it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you know, I'm really excited about that one, um, being on the being on the album. And, uh, I mean, like I said, it just attests to, you know, where where the, the sonically this album um, is to be at. This one was definitely probably one of the more poppiest albums I'll ever released, uh, will ever release. But um, definitely, it's something that is going to um, bring a lot of life to my live shows. And if you've ever seen me live, uh, you probably can't fathom how in the world I can get more lively. But I can assure <laughs> you, <laughs> we're we're definitely getting there. <laughs> oh, I I have yet to see you live, and that is one show I oh. am definitely looking forward to. Well, we're, we're going to uh, change that real soon. <laughs> yes, please. If you come to L.A., um, you know, oh. I, I'm four hours away. I can drive there. I'm from Vegas. Okay. So, uh, okay. Yeah. Oh, no, see, we come to Vegas. We we play. So for the last couple of years, obviously, I've been touring with Trump on Shorty um, and been back and forth between Vegas and L.A. all the time. 
So okay. um, I, I'll definitely I'll keep that in mind for sure. Okay. We well, get, let's we talk get about. To it, so. <laughs> let's talk about that. How did you get this gig with Trombone Shorty? Well, ironically, I met him with Prince, and um, okay. he had came in. We had we had we were doing promos for Andy Allo, who was one of uh, Prince's uh, proteges at the time. And um, we were doing uh, the Superconductor promo run, which included a TV appearance for Jimmy Kimmel, I believe. And there's a song called People Pleaser that features Trump on Shorty and Maceo Parker. So that would be my first run in with him. The second would be about a year and a half later at the Essence Festival in New Orleans. Uh, when we were able to be headliners for that. And uh, obviously, Trombone Shorty, being from New Orleans, was one of the guests that we invited on stage, that Prince invited, I should say, on stage to uh, to be featured during that particular show, uh, which was a lot of fun. And, and that would be, you know, my two kind of more um, actually playing with and, and interacting with them in that manner. Um, and he played at the after party, uh, which had a host of people from CeeLo um, to one of the, the singers from Floor Tree, um, Liv Warfield, uh, Shelby J, um, L Varner. It was just a, Estelle. It was just just a list of people. You know, one of one of the things the Prince always did was throw after parties that they always had a start time, never had an end time. You know, so you never know what time we're gonna get off stage. Um, but long story short, he was playing a concert in my hometown. I happened to be in Tampa. I went to the concert. Um, I was like, hey, man, you trying to hang out tonight? Um, and, you know, he was like, you know, I'm, I'm pretty good, pretty tired. You know, I got an early flight tomorrow. Um, but I'll tell you what, you know, I'll give you a call. We'll wrap. So he called me about two weeks later. And um, he was like, hey, you know, what are you, what are you doing? You know, I've got these dates that um, I would love for you to be a part of. And, um, you know, I said, hey, well, you know, we're pretty slow right now. I would love to be a part of it, you know. So we got together, we tried it out, and, I mean, the chemistry was just so strong there um, that I wound up staying with them, and I've been with them for the last three years. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Awesome. Was, um, I mean, that guy, that guy's a monster. He is a monster. I've never seen a musician, um, you know, outside of Prince. I think it, that's why it was so easy because he's so relatable to Prince. Um, we're talking about, you know, musical genius from earlier on all the way up. And um, this this guy plays trum, um, trombone, he plays trumpet, mm-hmm. keys, guitar, bass, drums, you know. So, you know, just seeing those similarities there, uh, definitely, if you're going to have a transition, um, it, w- it would definitely have to be, you know, th- you know big shoes to fill. And he, he wears his own shoes uh, perfectly fine. He's just a man mm-hmm. that can stand on his own. And, you know, definitely another legend um, that, that we're able to uh, to kind of see now who's still writing his legacy. So shout out to him and everybody in Orleans Avenue, man. So it's definitely a family, and I love being there very much. Yes, I first saw him at Newport Beach some years ago. Uh, at the festival mm-hmm. there, and um, it was, I really enjoyed him. He was, it was really nice. So um, I'm happy for you. That's good. That's really yeah. good. Awesome. Yeah. I'll All right. So what, we, the news. We definitely take the show up for a couple of notches since then. Yeah. <laughs> yes, you have. <laughs> yes, you have. <laughs> All right. So now the new CD is scheduled for release this spring summer. Um, so I'm going to have yes. DK back on when that CD is released so we can hear more music from that. And I'm looking forward to that for sure. Um, so let everyone know where they can find you on social media. 
So my URL is very simple. Please go follow, like, share, download, all that great stuff. I'm at BK Jackson Sachs. That's everything you need to to find me on at BK Jackson Sachs. Um, and then if 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 you can't find me there for some reason, you can head to my website bkjackson.com. In the upper right hand corner are all the links to my social media, and it comes straight to my cell phone. So. You know, if you're, if you're hitting me up on a message, you're getting me as the reply. So I definitely appreciate the support, and thank you so much, Terry, for allowing me you know, to come on. And uh, the single will definitely be available um, for the radio. We're pulling out a full radio campaign on this one. And so pretty soon, you know, you guys can uh, call in and listen to it on the radio. So I'm like, so excited about that. Um, nice. And uh, everything just seems to be on the up and up swing And I, I can't wait for you guys to hear the rest of this project If you like this song, you're going to love the album um, I can tell you that And we go so many places I've got the funk, I've got the soul, I've got the pop um, And it was important to me just to bring all of the, the different genres That I listen to on a regular basis Because I mean, my, my, my iTunes is literally a, a, a pot of gumbo I've got everything on it. I, l- I listen to everything, and I want to pull those influences in. So just looking. We've got some some very great special guests on the album um, that I haven't talked about and I can't talk about right now, but um, you'll see when the album drops. It's definitely okay. going to be some, some, some nice names on there for sure. All right. Well, I'm looking forward to having you back, and we're going to have a listening party uh, for Life of the Party. Oh, yeah. Sure. And um, I'm going to play uh, Paradise again to close the show out with that. I'll play it again. But um, I'm I'm very happy for you, BK. Um, and like I said, I've been following your career since you were 16 years old. And I'm very happy of uh, the way it has taken you in your direction with Prince and Trombone Shorty and who knows who else in the future. So um, I'm very happy for you. Thank you so much, Terry. Thank you and to your entire listening fan base uh, for having me on the show. Um, I'm grateful to be here. All right. Well, I'll have you back in a few weeks. And um, until then. The life of the listening party. Yes, that's right. We're going to have a listening party. That's (laughs) right. The life of the party. Thank you again, BK. I really appreciate you giving me another chance to speak with you. Likewise. Thank you. All right. You have a good day. Yes, ma'am. You too. All right. Our saxophone is BK Jackson. His upcoming CD mm-hmm. is called Life of the Party, releasing sometime this spring, summer. So be on the lookout for that. But he will be back on the show. Um, and we're going to do a listening party for that. Again, you can find him across social media at BK Jackson Sax. Um, the website is under new. He's got a new website coming, so it's under construction, but definitely check that out, bkjackson.com. All right. Thanks to Joe and Ollie in the chat room. Thank you guys for always hanging out and for the guests as well. My name is Terry, a.k.a. The Jazz Queen. You've been listening to Talking Smooth Jazz, and I look forward to talking smooth jazz with you again. This is Paradise One More Time.
Thank you for listening to Talking Smooth Jazz. Follow the Jazz Queen on Twitter at Jazz underscore Queen, on Facebook and Instagram at Talking Smooth Jazz, and visit the website, TalkingSmoothJazz.com. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Avoid where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.